0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Gary on with the Get Some Podcast. Uh, this has been a—it's been a whirlwind week. I'm gonna get right into it. Uh, first of all, the Bengals have released Andy Dalton, uh, which is bittersweet for me because I always liked Andy. We became friends over the the past few years, him playing with the Bengals and me being a diehard fan like I am. And uh, it's funny because. As in every team, the quarterback gets the majority of the blame and gets the glory when the team wins. But Andy, I felt unjustly, got way too much of the blame when he had no offensive line. His number one receiver was out. I mean, I remember, I'll give you a few Andy Dalton stories, brief ones. When they played the Colts in the playoffs, people forget A.J. Green was out. Uh, the starting tailback was out, the starting tight end was out. I mean, he was playing with the JV. Rex Burkhead was the go-to. And they drove right down the field the first series, and they scored against the Colts. And I remember there was little hope, and I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. We did all gadget plays, and Rex Burkhead was the focal point of the offense. That was literally, and I'm not even a coach, I said, that's one series that they came up with. And sure enough, the rest of the game, they, I think they scored 10 points, maybe, uh, I'm talking total. They scored a touchdown seven. I think they scored three points the rest of the game. I could be wrong. But, uh, you know, that 2015 season the Bengals had, if Andy doesn't get hurt against the Steelers, on on my my kid's life, that team could have played with anybody because they brought in A.J. McCarron. And people forget, the Bengals went to Denver, who ended up being the Super Bowl champs that year, and was playing with them, with our backup quarterback in Denver. And I was just like, man, if we don't lose Andy, we had, oh, we had that team. We had, that was a good squad. The 2005 team and the 2015 Bengals teams were the two teams in the last 30 years that could have played with anybody at any point. But as they release Andy, I think the city realizes how much he was as far as like his charity work, never a problem in the locker room, never a problem off the field, nothing was one of those quarterbacks? Was not he was in love with the game and not the fame? That's that's a slogan I've heard this year since the draft. Are you in love with the fame or are you in love with the game? And he's in love with the game. Uh, but this is this is a cool story I just read on Twitter right before I, I I got on here. Was last year the Bengals were playing the Raiders week 11, I believe, and Alden Tate, a wide receiver on the Bengals, got hurt during the game to the point where he had to go to the hospital and. On the team flight back, uh, Alden's still in his hospital scrubs. And how I guess a lot of the teams, they charter plays. Bengals don't have their own plane, but they charter a plane. They charter a Delta flight. And the big money players and the coaches sit in first. And then the rest of the team, along with media and trainers and stuff, they sit and coach. Now, nobody's going to get a middle seat. It's all window or aisle. So you're still going to have room. Well, Alden, being a new guy on the team and not a high-priced guy, he's assigned a coach seat in the back. And Andy, knowing Alden Tate was in pain, went back, told Alden, you sit in first, and I'll sit in the back and coach for this flight so we can be comfortable. Because, you know, it's a cross-country flight. And that's a story I've never heard up until right before I came on the podcast. Literally, it's the last thing I read on Twitter before I started recording. And I think that is a testament to the kind of team player and kind of person Andy is, is he gave up his first-class seat to somebody that, you know, second-year guy, I think first, second-year guy on the team, Alden Tate, and uh, let him sit in first. I mean, that's that's huge, I think, as a teammate. Uh, So, yeah, so we're going to, like I said, we're going to miss Andy, and I hope the future is great for him. And I think when history, in 10 years from now, I think the city's really going to appreciate all he did while he was here in Cincinnati, uh, but I got huge news. Uh, on a side note, so if you listen to last week's podcast, I had T.J. Zada on, and T.J. and T.J. has some great stories. And within that, we started talking about my frustration with the front office. Lo and behold, the day the podcast airs. So the timeline was kind of iffy to me. It was weird. The day the podcast posted last week, the same day my manager calls me, and my manager doesn't know football at all. I mean, she's lost. She doesn't know Brett Favre from Lawrence Taylor. She doesn't know. She might know LeBron James, but she, Barack Obama and LeBron James are one and the same to her. She does not know sports. So she calls me, and she goes, Gary, do you know of a Zach Taylor? And I went, well, I know one Zach Taylor, which is the coach of the Bengals, and she goes, I got an email. And she goes, I just forwarded to you. Could you look at it? He, he's trying to get in touch with you. And uh huh? So I checked the email, and it looks legit. It looks like a legit NFL head coach. It's cut and dry. Hello, I'm trying to uh, reach Gary Owen. I'm Zach Taylor, head coach of St. Bengals. I'd like to get in touch with him. And so my manager, being the protective manager she is, she... She reaches out to Zach Taylor and FaceTimes him and said, I just want to make sure it's you. She had to Google him and look up his picture because she didn't know what he looked like. So she FaceTimes Coach Taylor, and uh, it's him. Then she gives him my cell. He shoots me a text. I call him. This is how small this world is, and this is how one show can lead to another show or a relationship. Back in 2015... I roasted the Miami Dolphins in training camp. And Zach Taylor was the quarterback's coach for the Dolphins that year. I had no idea who the assistant coaches was on the Dolphins. And so I go in, roast the team, it goes great. Uh, Zach gets on the phone with me. We start talking, he goes, yeah. He goes, man, I I was in Miami back in 2015 when you came and roasted the team. He goes, so when he got the head coaching job in Cincinnati, he was like, yo. We, um, we had the team get roasted in training camp when I was in Miami. It went over great. We got to do that here. So I guess last year, his first year, he, uh, last year, his first year he, um, he brought in a comedian. And he said, it just didn't go well. He goes, and I'm hyping it up going, no, I've done this in Miami. It works. And the comedian just didn't get it. And this is what you got to know about roasted NFL teams. And I've done quite a few. I've done the Steelers, the Texans. The Ravens, the, Bing, I did the Bengals, uh, I used to do USC. I mean, it ain't no jokes. You just got to go in on these dudes. And so he, he brought it to me, it didn't go well. He goes, I blew it, man. He goes, and then I, I, I find out you're a diehard Bengals fan. I put two and two together. And he was like, that was the guy that roasted the Dolphins. So he said he's been following me and, and everything else. But still, I was like, well, how did he find out about me? Because he kept saying, "I found out you're a diehard Bengals fan." Here's where the stars align. So you got the head coach of the Bengals. I'm talking to Hushman Zada last week on the podcast about my frustration with the Bengals. You guys didn't see this during the podcast. During the podcast last week, every so often TJ kept hitting his phone. He kept declining calls. Well, I called TJ to try to put two and two together because it just seemed like it was too coincidental that I had TJ on the podcast and I get a call from Zach Taylor. What happened was Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor were calling TJ to ask him. You know, TJ trains a bunch of wide receivers, incoming draft picks, potential draft picks. They were calling to ask him about some of the guys he trains. And TJ said, man, I wasn't ignoring your call. He goes, I just didn't recognize the phone number. And I was doing a podcast with Gary Owen. That's crazy. You guys are calling me. And and they was like, who? And he was like, Gary Owen, man. He's like the biggest Bingo fan out there. And I guess... After that, uh, TJ was hyping me up. I guess Zach looked me up and realized, put two, and two together, that's the guy that was roasting the Dolphins. So I get on the phone with Zach. We talked for about 20, 30 minutes just about life. And then, lo and behold, he says, yo, I just want to make sure you need anything. You want to come down to a practice or I want to make sure your presence is felt with the team and you want to come to a game. Here's my cell. Hit me up. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, I forgot there was a coronavirus. I forgot we was on lockdown. Uh, my, my family will tell you, I was in the best mood for about forty eight hours. You couldn't tell me nothing. I was just like, oh, this is what I've been waiting on. I was just like, and it goes back to when I was talking to TJ. That's how easy it is. That's really, really how easy it is. And I was just like, oh, so that you thought? I, hold on, you thought I was a Cincinnati Bengals fan before? Oh, it's another level now. It's another. I might get a tattoo. I might get a tattoo. That's, that's where I'm at right now, like right in the middle of my floor. I might get a Mike a Mike, a Mike Tyson, like a Bengal tiger right there. It kind of fits. I got the flu man shoe. It's looking like the I look like the Tiger King now. I might as well go all in and get a Bengal's tattoo. Uh, I'm, I've been on cloud nine. I ain't lying since that happened. Uh, to the fact that my daughter, uh, I don't think she's seen me this happy in my life. But it's just so crazy how I get TJ on the podcast, he's getting a phone call from the Bengals front office why he's doing my podcast. Then he tells him, yo, Gary Owens like the Bengals, Bengals fan. And then Zach Taylor. And it, honestly, Zach Taylor could have left it alone with that. Could have been like, I'm good, you know. Let me. No, he looked me up because TJ hyped me up and then realized, oh my God, that's the guy I was talking about. But it also tells you how out of touch some people in the Bengals front office was <laughs> with me because if he tells you what's went so good with the Dolphins at no point did they be like you know who the big as far as comedians go who's the biggest bingo fan it's not even close second i don't i don't know many others uh off the top of my head so anyways uh listen enough about bingo talk and football talk uh it's just a it's just a i'm in such a good mood now but i told you guys every week i want to do these i want to do rap players i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out what my daughter's listening to on the regular uh so every week, I'm going to ask my daughter, give me, a, give me a song that she's listening to. Um, can we pull, we put the lyrics, guys? Coming out strong. Okay. Okay, so I've, I've, I'm going to do this every week because I'm trying to... I don't want to be that out of touch of a dad. So I want to know what my daughter's listening to because my daughter is like... She likes all types of music, but when we're in the backyard hanging out, she completely always... Whatever song I have on the, on the speaker, the, the Bluetooth speaker out there, she, she logs my phone out and logs her in. And then I'm sitting there going, what are we listening to? I don't know these lyrics. Uh, so I wanted to do a popular song. So I asked her to pull me once. So she pulled Future, Coming Out Strong. Now, I, I like Future. I like his beats. I like a lot of his songs. But I ain't going to lie to you. 90 percent of the time, I don't know what he's talking about. So I'm going to read the lyrics To come me out strong. Just a verse, just a verse, okay? And I'm gonna try to figure out what he was talking about. Last night, I gave my heart to a fake one. I done end up on the blogs with the wrong one. It's hard to tell the real stories from the fake ones. Cause nowadays, if they don't got it, they'll make one. Ooh, that's a good one. The only time I feel alive when I take this, I want a Vic but I know it ain't safe. Must be out your mind. Do you know who I am? Used to hear from behind. Do you know who I am? I can't give you all my time. Do you know who I am? Make you fall in love tonight. Must don't know who I am. I am. But I'm a little, okay. I'm a little confused, but I guess what I'm taking out of these lyrics is... Last night I gave my heart to a fake one. I done end up on the blogs with the wrong one. That means that was a one-night stand, and then the girl tried to blow them out on social media, media takeout, world star hip-hop. Those are the ones where you fall asleep and the girl's sitting there with the phone. Bing! I just banged future. Uh, It's hard to tell the real stories from the fake ones because nowadays if they don't got it, they'll make one. So basically what he's saying there is... The girl took the picture. She act like we in a relationship. No, it was a one-night stand. She don't mean nothing to me. Okay. The only time I feel alive when I take this, I want a Vic, but I know it ain't safe. I don't know what a Vic is. I'm assuming it's some, I'm, I'm assuming it's something, alcohol or drugs. I'm assuming. I want a Vic, but I know it ain't safe. I don't know what a Vic is. Uh, must be out your mind. Do you know who I am? You used to hit him from behind. Do you know who I am? That means he was hitting it from the back. Uh, oh, I guess a Vic is a victim, maybe. I want a victim, but I know it ain't. I said, Okay, Gary. Okay, the only time I feel alive when I take this, I want a Vic, but I know it he say. That's a victim. That means a hoe, a woman, a one-night stand. You say, hit it from behind. Do you know who I am? I can't give you all my time. Do you know who I am? Can't give you all the time? You got a lot of kids. So obviously, he ain't gonna give you all his time. Uh, make you fall in love tonight. Must don't know who I am. Who I am. That means, that means his pipe game's so good he can make a girl fall in love off a one-night stand. And that's who I am. Actually, that wasn't that bad. I think I broke that down. Uh, basically, he's got, he's got a problem with people trying to be famous off who they sleep with, the girls he'd be having one-night stands with. And he wants to have more one-night stands, but he knows it's not that safe. So do you know who he is? And that's what he is. Boop, boop. I have figured out That future lyric. Now, next week, I'm going to go with NBA Youngboy because we was out in the backyard the other day, and my daughter played three of his songs in a row, and I was just thinking, why is this dude so angry? (laughs) I mean, his music, I didn't know what he was saying, but the inflection in his voice and his tone was just really angry. I was like, man, this guy's got some stuff he wants to get off his chest. And I had an uh, uh, encounter with an NBA young boy at Icebox in Atlanta. It's on YouTube. You should look it up. It's, uh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty interesting. All right, this next guy, I will say, more than anybody else, changed my life financially. Because you got to realize, as a comedian, people say, what do you want to do more? Do you want to do more movies do you want to do more stand-up? And I always tell them, one hand feeds the other. The more people see you in movies and on TV the more your ticket prices go up, the more fans you make, the more money you make on the road. So it kind of one hand feeds the other with the movie-slash-TV-slash-comedy specials, stand-up. And this guy came at a point in my life, and I'm not going to lie, I was doing okay, but it was like a point in my career where it was about five years where I was running on a, on a treadmill. I wasn't going anywhere. It's like a hamster wheel. I was just, prices wasn't going up. I was still selling tickets, but not like I was hoping. But then I do this movie that, I don't think a lot of people saw coming the hit that it was called Think Like a Man. Bam, we do that. That comes out. Then he puts me another movie called Ride Along. Bam, that comes out. Then we do the sequel to Think Like a Man 2. Bam, that comes out. And like I said three weeks ago when I had Michael Ealy on, I've never been in any kind of production, whether it's TV or film, where the, the, the cast and the crew just became a family. And I, I brought up to Ely, I said, well, I think a lot of that has to do because we spent four straight summers together, 2011, 2012, between filming and then movies coming out and then the movie coming out. So this is my guy. He, uh, I, I think we got kids going to the same college next year, North Carolina A&T, shout out to Greensboro. And, but he is a avid Florida A&M University alum, uh, he's in a frat. I'm gonna let him give the frat because I don't want to mess that up. Uh, the best teeth in the business. I'm gonna find out if they're real today on the podcast. Uh <laughs> maker slash star maker slash good friend of mine. Will Power Packer. Is hey, on the get some podcast. I like it.
1: That's good. <laughs> I like it. I like it. The Get Some Podcast is now the Will Packer Appreciation Podcast. I feel it. I feel the love. I like it. Thank you, my friend. you And you're all welcome. that is true. Oh, that's true. And you know what? We we still are a family, brother. That that whole thing, like a man crew, man, that was a special time, bro. It now, really was.
0: Let me ask you. I mean, you've done a lot of movies, obviously, but has there ever been a, a, another film or cast like that that they just stayed in touch and really rooted for each other after Girl filming? Girl Strip is the closest.
1: Girl Strip is the closest, but it, it's different because, you know, it's literally all girls, and so it's like like they go and do things that, you know, I, I'm not involved in, don't know about, shouldn't be a part of, you know, but... The four of them are very close. And then with myself and and James Lopez and Malcolm Lee, the other producer and then the director, we're all tight and talk. Kenya Barris wrote it. But think like a man in terms of a crew that's got like guys and girls and we see each other and, you know, we've been trying to get this dinner together forever. Like we genuinely love each other. We support each other's projects. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's It's... I feel like you may abuse it a little bit, Gary, because me? you have the most, well, you have the most, hey guys, post for me requesting in the text chat. I think if you go back and look, I got a couple, Ely and Megan have definitely put in there. You got about four or five because you always got some shit coming out and what I feel like- about? Well, you do. You always in there. You like, hey, post my stuff. And we do it because no, everybody lying. loves Gary. He's lying. Hey, what do you mean? I then think this... I can put, pull... I go to the group chat right now. Will. You...
0: I'm Will. not hating. I'm just saying. <laughs> Bro. Like, I think twice. That's just... <laughs> okay, for those who don't know what we're talking about, when when we do think like, man, we all have each other's cell numbers and we have emails. And when we have projects coming out, we'll ask Gary, everyone. Gary, they
1: know what a group chat is. Listen, they know what well, group,
0: but... everybody's in a group text Gee. But, but listen, <laughs> this is where the crew gets together in the I, cast of I, a movie that's w- w- been six years since Think Like a Man 2 came out. So none of us has all been together in six years. But whenever any of us has a project coming out, we'll send a group text, group chat, uh, email yeah. out. And basically yeah. what we're really doing is we want everyone to... to, to to promote it, but we really just want to send it to Kevin. It's what we're really doing. <laughs> because... Because he has the, the biggest platform. He got the most followers. So it's You like, get Kevin. Yeah, that's good. true. So you realize, that's yes, true. you're really saying, hey, thanks, Regina. Thanks, yeah. Gab. Thanks, <laughs> Romany. But really you want to go like, hey, Kev, when the fuck and are Kev, you going to post, post it? it? <laughs> <laughs> that's really what we're that's looking true. for. Like, oh, you that's busy? That's very true. You busy?
1: That's 100% true. That's and real. remember... That was the movie that popped, Kevin. Like, you know, you were talking about your career trajectory. Kevin had been out there. He had been in movies. He had been in TV shows. Nothing had popped, popped. Like, that was definitely his biggest movie. Um, It was an ensemble, so it wasn't the star, but it certainly was the one that launched him to a different level. He'll admit that. I mean, it was without a doubt, like, you know, the movie that made Kevin Hart, the Kevin Hart he is today. He always was grinding, always doing his thing. But yeah. Think Like a Man was the one that lit the fire on his career for
0: sure. Well, I think Jerry Ferreira said it best. Is um, I was talking to him a couple years ago. We was talking about Think Like a Man. And he said, when we were at that table read, the first one, and we, we you don't know what you got at that first Think Like a Man table read. And he Jerry said, as I sat there, I think everyone got the feeling, oh, my God, this is going to be a home run for Kevin. And Jerry said, we just <laughs> didn't know how far he was going to hit it. You yeah. knew it was a home run. You yeah. just know how far the home run was going to go. And yeah. he Barry Bonds that. Yeah. <laughs> it, went, it went in the Pacific he is,
1: Ocean. <laughs> he has never looked back, brother. He has never looked back. He is definitely, you know, for me, for me, that movie was Stomp the Yard. Like, I, all my movies have definitely helped, like, me progress. But I was already, like, you know, legit Hollywood producer. I already had a few number ones under my belt mm-hmm. at that time. For Kevin, he hit it out of the park. He did not look back, but... To for him to do that while surrounded by some really really talented people like Mm -hmm. no bullshit not saying that just because I'm here with you because I mean you probably were the least talented but the point of the matter is that everybody (laughs) that's not true that was it was it was Terrence J without a doubt but the point is is that why I didn't make the
0: poster. We can get Dad, that in no. a minute. We can get that in a minute. <laughs> 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 oh, we're definitely getting on that before this is but, over. <laughs> why?
1: Why we got to talk about that? Why you always bring that up? I you listen. always bring up old stuff. Listen, just listen, go. Listen. Let's go there now.
0: Hold on, hold on. Let's just get off. Let's get the elephant out of the room. Oh, uh, boy. It's not so, an elephant. It's so, not these
1: people. These people don't know why you're mad or that you're mad. So you can
0: skip this right now. You can go on to no, something else. I'm just, I I'm wa- giving you the option. I, listen, no, I want to, I want to address it and then we'll put it to oh, bed. Oh boy, all right. I all didn't right. give a shit. I didn't really care about the poster. My manager really cared. Your and manager then, went off. Yeah, well, here's here, and I want to clear. I want to, I want to defend her on this. No, well, your ha- manager's is great. You are talking about Lisa, right? Yeah. Still my Lisa Cass no, is, I, listen,
1: I, I adore her. I think she's great, one of the best in the business. She represents you very well. I really
0: like Lisa. But here, here's what happened. Why why I think you guys, it got a little tense there for a minute. Over, and I was thinking, and I told her, I go, is this all over a poster? <laughs> I go, nobody cares about the poster if the movie's good. Uh, but what it was, was the, the agent I had at the time, which I let go somewhat because of this... Uh, when we called him, when she called and asked about the poster, this sounds so ridiculous, the poster. He completely said it was Will. He goes, well, that's Will. Will said he was going to do it. It's all Will. And, I, and Lisa called your agent, me. Your agent threw me under the bus? Completely. Com- I'm not lying. Completely threw me under the bus. I never knew
1: this. This is yeah. news to me. I never knew this. And
0: that's why I'm I'm getting, I'm clearing it up. Okay. He can completely threw me under the bus. Are we able to show
1: the poster to the people? It's or back Or do I need to like
0: there. pan it's around family. my room? It's back right. there.
1: So, okay, if you look at the poster, it's all couples, okay? At the time of the movie, everybody was coupled up and you saw who they were with except for your character. Is that correct? And and Kevin. No, you saw saw Wendy Williams. You saw his wife. So my point is... And she was a very minor character. Yeah. Every uh, uh, The whole movie, the conceit of the movie is all the guys are trying to figure out how to get in good with their girls. Yeah. And it back. And that was good. And was so solid. you you definitely, you know, you have this wife that we never hear about. So what we did is we paired up. If you look at the poster, it's all the couplets. And Kevin. That's what it is. It's all yes. the couplets and Kevin. Yes. And so it Kevin kind of centers it. Right? And then you have all the other couples. So it was not a we're not putting Gary on the poster. First of all, it wasn't a Will Packer decision at all. I I don't care. I never cared, Will. I just, I know you don't. And you know I love you, bro. But I I just want you to know, listen, now, now, the fact that you weren't on the Essence cover was pure racism. I'm just gonna cut, I mean, you know, know like... This this Wait, no, no. is business. This was just like <laughs> marketing and made sense. But you didn't make Essence because you're white. I'm just gonna tell you. That's just you know hey. they don't put white people on the cover of Essence. It's hey. their magazine. That's let their me decision. Uh,
0: okay. So here's let's. But before
1: I leave that point, I just, want, <laughs> I, just, I just want to throw everybody under the bus. Nobody was going to not do Essence because you and Jerry weren't on it. I just, you know, I would have not done it. I would have not done it because I sh- I had no business being on there anyway. Oh, I would have stood in solidarity with you guys, my light-skinned brethren. Nobody else was doing that. They was like, where's Gary and Jerry? Uh, you know, Essence. Oh, okay. Oh, what are right. we wearing? Where are we yeah. shooting? It was, it was like that.
0: And they were on. They were but ready to that. move on. I knew that going in. I mean, I've had. There's been other projects where I was like, I didn't make essence. I was like, this. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was never upset.
1: Here's even, my thing. Even though, even though your black female fan base it's is way bigger, bigger than a lot than Romney, than some oh. of the people that are.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> how you gonna do that? <laughs> Sisters uh, like Rom. I didn't say Sisters. they didn't. I didn't say they didn't. Uh, no. <laughs> My, my whole thing, and this is why I always, when comics, when I see comics beefing and, and everything else, I'm like, yo, when, when Kev and you or Terrence or Mike is promoting the movie, look, we don't make no money off Essence covers. We don't make no yeah. money off the poster. Yeah. I, you still get residual checks, and you're, you make money when the movie makes money at the box office. So yeah. I'm like this, go. Go promote, yeah. go do Essence, go do everything yeah. you can to promote the movie. You got your eye on the bigger picture, which is what makes you a good businessman. Yeah. So let's um let's move on to the DVD cover then. So- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, you know what we're going to move on to? We're going to move on to <laughs> Think Like a Man 2, where we made sure that you were on the Think Like a Man 2 poster. Yeah, And I w- I take the credit for that. I made sure that one because I knew it was a thing in your world. And so I said, all right, we got to put everybody on the next poster.
0: Okay, I ain't going to lie. If I wouldn't have been on the second one, that would have hurt. Listen, oh, you're no. only <laughs> as strong as your representation. So if your representation
1: made a stink, you're making a stink. Like you can't blame the agent. That's your agent. You chose to have that agent. So yeah. they- I didn't know they were throwing me under the bus, but I knew it was oh, a well, thing. Well, my and agent, so-
0: I- I've never seen somebody throw somebody under the bus. Like when I say, I it's like, a- it's like watching Entourage, And I'm on the phone with him and my manager, and he's like, hey, Will said he was going to do it. He didn't do it. Call him. Flip. Phone got hung up. I went, oh, my God. (laughs) So then that's where I think some tension came between you and my manager. And I'm trying to bring her in. But, you know, she's— I don't have any problem with Lisa.
1: Lisa, Lisa's—
0: your manager? I, who was your agent? I don't even know who your agent is. I'll, I'll tell you off camera. I don't want you know to open up that camera. Put it out there. Put it out no. there. Let's no. go. It ain't, it ain't <laughs> <out> there. <laughs> what agency? Tell me what agency. At that time, uh, okay, I'm with UTA now. I wasn't with Gersh. I was at... APA? I, no. Uh, ICM. You can tell
1: you've been in the game a long time when you can't remember. You got to remember which agent based well, on the was, project.
0: That was nine years ago. You forget that was nine years ago.
1: That you know yesterday. a lot of
0: people have the same agent, brother. I'm just saying. I've had the same manager for 15 years. I get it. But that was nine years ago. That was. Uh, completely. Different. So, okay, let's 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 get all since we got all the tension out of the room. Uh, there was no
1: tension. That wasn't it was funny. There was no tension. Yeah. I've hired you so many times since then, or at least tried to. You've tried,
0: yeah. That is. It is. Isn't it weird? Like but you, you, you you're busy. You're working. You're know not always available, Listen, brother. I, I ain't that busy. I ain't that busy. By the way, <laughs> you you almost did you almost not do ride along? Like Well, that that was my call. I like listen, it's again, I love my manager because sometimes I have to talk. I have to talk to her. bigger picture even though 90% of the time she's right, but every now and then. So I was on a tour. And we were in Baltimore. I was on the Shack tour, the Shack All-Star tour. And we were in Baltimore and somewhere else that weekend. And I would have had to cancel two tour dates. And she was like, you know, it's only a couple-day shoot. I'm trying to get to work around the schedule. I said, no, 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 no. You tell them I'm available, and we'll just move the dates. Because I can always go back to Baltimore. I can always go back to, let's say, Raleigh. I go, I'm doing a movie. And then when I saw the script and saw what kind of part it was, I was like, yo, that's going to stick out. That's yeah. going to stick out. The dude takes off his clothes and pours honey all over him? Yeah. That's going to stick out in any movie. Yeah. So that's what I told. Him. I said, don't worry about that. You tell him I'm available, and that's it. Now, with like I don't know
1: why Lisa didn't, like, and again, I know beef with Lisa at all, but I don't know why... I'm the guy that, that had put you at that time in at least think one. We hadn't done think two yet, but, like it's not like I was making little movies that people didn't see. And as you said at the beginning, it goes hand in hand. Your profile as a stand-up certainly rises when you have a legitimacy in another arena, i.e. movies and television, especially movies, movies even more so. So I just think that you certainly made the right decision. But to me, that would have been a good business call either way. You got this producer. He made Think Like a Man. We were number one, made a bunch of money with that. It was high profile. Like, if that guy calls, why wouldn't you do it?
0: I did. And trust me, when you call her again, I'll be available. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) That discussion will not happen. But you got to realize she never rep stand-ups before. So you're looking at we were just starting to get on these big tours and making a nice amount of money. I mean, I was doing all right, but making really good money. And she was just not trying to lose that, in her eyes, that momentum.
1: But yeah, now she's
0: it. now she's wise to it. She's like, oh, okay, you can't get replaced on a tour. It, it's it's yeah. okay, you know. Yeah. yeah. So let me let me ask you: When you're in at Florida A and M and you get to college, yep, was the goal always to be a producer, Heck. in movies and TV?
1: I didn't know anything about it. It wasn't a a dream. Uh, it wasn't a goal. I knew nothing about movies. What happened was I I ended up at at FAMU. Uh, because I was strong in in engineering, in math and science. And so I got a scholarship in the engineering. I wanted to go to Penn. I wanted to go to Wharton because um, that was the top business school, one of the top. I got accepted. I was going to an Ivy. I knew I wanted to be in business for myself. I got this big scholarship to go to FAMU because they were trying to increase minority engineering graduates. And um, my parents were like, guess where you're going? So... <laughs> um and it ain't it ain't that big ivy school that ain't paying you nothing it's gonna be fam you just giving you a full ride i went there i hooked up with a guy who always wanted to be a filmmaker his dream was to be the next spike lee and his name was rob hardy my Uh, guy to this day yep and so i helped rob while i was there do like a lot of college students just do a fun project while we were in school. I, it wasn't something at the time I thought was going to be a career. Now, in the back of my mind, I knew I got to get this engineering degree. You know, I got this scholarship. My parents are like, <clears throat> get your engineering degree. Then you can go to war. So I knew I had to put the work in and finish my engineering degree. And then I could find my entrepreneurial endeavor because I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to work for myself. I figured I'd go to business school and find it. We made this tiny little movie called Chocolate City on the campus of FAMU. It was about Black college life as we knew it. We went out and borrowed money, begged, borrowed, scraped together some dimes, shot this little movie. Hollywood could give a damn about it. And then we showed it, we hustled it there in Tallahassee where it was a big deal because it starred all the students on campus, you know, it starred the frats and and the the SGA people and people from the modeling troupe, like everybody was in it, so they cared about it. So it became the the cult classic there in Tallahassee. And kids would go every weekend, we convinced a second run movie theater, I'll never forget, there was this pot smoking white boy, and he was running the second run. So for those that may not know, there used to be theaters that after a movie left the big theater, Before there was all this streaming and and even cable and even DVD, really, there were second run theaters. They would call them the dollar movie, the two dollar movie, something. And they would show. What year is this? This would be 94. Wow. 1994. I pledged Alpha, Alpha Phi Alpha in 93. I'm going to need you to know that too, Gary. You got way too many. I didn't want to mess it up. So I just said, you know what? Black adjacent to not know. You know, do you consider me like an intelligent brother? I do. I you do. consider me like a leader of men? I do. <laughs> when you meet somebody like that, they're an alpha, okay? Let me add, okay, right. so.
0: Uh, Terrence J,
1: you would, you would he, see Terrence J jumping around a party with a, his shirt he's off. He's a Q, drum, right? He's you a Q. You know he's a Q. Oh, so you yes. got Terrence right. You didn't know. You knew Terrence was a Q. You didn't know I was alpha? Everybody knows the Qs. Uh, the other ones get a little confusing,
0: <laughs> but you know the Qs. Trust me. Listen, tell you what, <laughs> tell your daughter to stay away from the Q's. All right. So who who are the Alpha's sister sorority? The AKAs. AKAs, got it. Pink okay. and green. All right. All right. All right. I'm gonna Let her know. Yeah. <laughs> tell her,
1: tell her. Yeah, she could she well, I mean, she can pledge whatever she wants to pledge, but yeah. just stay away from the Qs. Don't got drink it. the the hunch punch. Don't go to their parties. None got of it. that. It's not safe. <laughs> tell Terrence Jazz said that. So anyway, we ended up making, um, we shot it. We ended up raising about $20,000 and we ended up making a hundred grand as college students with this tiny little movie at FAMU, man. And after that, I said, I'm not going to grad school for what? Like they're going to teach me how to sell, make a widget, sell a widget, market a widget. This is my widget right here. This movie, like what's this called? What I did, I, I casted it. I, I shot it. I went out and like did independent distribution. I said, that's called producing. I said, that's what I am.
0: Producer. Call me the Producer. That's what happened. When you do a movie for $20,000 it, and it makes 100000 is that 20000 Are you paying the actors? Or are you, that's just all favors yeah. in that
1: movie. No, 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 no. No, it's favors. Everybody's free. Everything. You don't have 20 grand. No. That so there, just, there could
0: be somebody watching this that was in that movie going, I think well owes me a couple dollars.
1: They, can, they might. I, listen, I've definitely, I've said this a bunch of times, but what happens is you get people to come in and sign on that they're doing it for free. So it was, you know. First of all, there was no um, great acting in that movie, or <laughs> great producing. I'm just telling you, like the movie itself is not a work of art. But yeah. it's what got me started. I tell I tell upcoming filmmakers all the time. I'm like, yo, get that first couple of movies out of your system because they're gonna suck. I'm gonna tell you right now. It's just nobody comes out of the womb as Spielberg or or Ryan Coogler or Spike Lee. You know what I'm saying? You got to like get there. So. That was our first foray, man. It was
0: it was rough. Chocolate City comes out, makes some money. Yep. Now now yep. You're, you're basically your life passion has changed. Now you're like I'm a producer. I want to do movies.
1: Yes, cuz I saw it as a good business model.
0: When do you get your next movie the funding and greenlit? And what was that called? It was it was um, I
1: did not get greenlit. I went out and used the fact that I was able to get Chocolate City that first movie. Distributed into Blockbuster Video, which is a big deal at that time, right? So we got national distribution because we were on DVD shelves or VHS shelves, excuse me. Um, we then raised money. We went to investors again to raise a movie called Trois Trois, as in Menage à trois. And it starred Kenya Moore and Gary Dordan. And it hold, was about hold a, on. a. Is Joey in that? Joey Lawrence? Joey is in the sequel to that. Okay, got it. We did a sequel to Twas. Joey is in Twa 2. Twa 2, okay. Yes, yes. (laughs) Joey, Michael J. White, Shamar Moore. Yeah. So um, that first movie, Twa, uh, that was the one, that was like the post, the first post-collegiate movie when I was out on my own, like broke Living in Atlanta, I didn't want to move to LA or New York. I felt like those would be too competitive. Those would be big ponds. I get swallowed up. I said, let me be a big fish in a small pond, which could be Atlanta. I'll move to Atlanta. We'll shoot music videos uh, in the meantime while we figure out this movie thing. We couldn't get one music video because everybody knew each other. Like literally, I was knocking on the doors of people who are all my friends now Dallas Austin, uh, Jermaine Dupree, Lil John, um, you know, TLC, Monica, you name it because that's back when the Atlanta music scene was really popping. Man, yeah. we knocked on all those doors. Nobody was trying to hire us. It, we couldn't get one gig, but it forced us
0: to make an independent movie, which was Twop. Now, let me ask you, well, I and I hear this all the time when I hear people say, you got investors, but nobody ever explains, who are the investors and how do you go with somebody to invest in a movie without making it sound like I'm going to take this money and never see a return on it? Most people do.
1: Most people lose their money. Most people who invest in movies, especially an independent movie, never, you know, the people, they don't even shoot the movie. It's a lot of hustlers and comment and shysters. It makes it very, very hard to do. I had a little bit of a track record. Right. I had made one movie, so I wasn't just coming in without at least something to show, like a product. But, um, you know, those people were family friends. Um, They were people who family friends introduced us to um they were an amazing group of people who took a leap of faith on you know a couple of dudes out of fam you with a dream man mm-hmm. it's tough it's tough dude because you can't get money without distribution you can't just dis- get distribution without money it was hard raising money for a film even today is uh one of the hardest things to do period
0: even where you're at to get the budget you want. No, it's
1: different for me now. now. You know, I'm in a different yeah, I'm in a different place. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> like I can I don't I don't get like, you know, every budget that I want for every film I want, but I got a track record now, dude. I'm a, I'm a safe bet. You know what I mean? Safer. As safe as the movie industry can be, I'm a relatively safe bet. My movies are not super expensive relatively. Um and they generally turn a profit. So, well, actually all my movies, knock on whatever, have always
0: been profitable, which is like not many people can say that. Now, when you when I, I would say your your coming out party was Stomp the Yard. Would you agree yeah, with that?
1: That's fair. That's fair, bro. I was a
0: coming out party. This now is when, me,
1: Hollywood, hear me roar.
0: And you're you're knocking on now you're knocking on studios and saying, yo, there's an audience for this type of movie, uh uh yep. Black Fraternity. Movie coming of age kind yep. of, yep. Uh, And and what I find in in mainstream Hollywood is, if they don't know, then it's easier just to be like, ah, uh, I'm not going to do this. Uh, if they're not familiar and they don't know that world, uh, and you know it, that that's tough because you can a comedian. Let's say someone like a like a Cat Williams, who you know. Um, Hollywood might be like, I don't know that kind of comedy, and I don't know what makes him tick. But he has numbers behind him that he's selling tickets and has a fan base. For sure. Now, for you to go to these studios and say, "Yo, I got this movie about black college life, fraternity life, coming of age," and they were I'm like, assuming, what? "I'm assuming they're saying no."
1: What is a black college?
0: They were wow. literally like, uh,
1: "You know, you can go to a real college, right? Like, is this a southern <laughs> thing?" <laughs> Go tell the black people that they can get in now. It's like, those days have passed. What are you talking about, Packer? I'd be like, no, it's by choice. Like, these are great institutions of higher learning. They'd be like, hmm, sounds like something we don't want to be associated with. Sounds like Jim Crow. No. And they didn't know what stepping was. They didn't know what frats were. You know, these execs are not black execs. So, you know, know, white people frats is different. You know what I'm saying? White people forget which frat they're in.
0: I the thought friend he is the
1: one with the best keg. <laughs> as I'm you know? saying, you
0: should have won some kegs to those dang pitch meetings. <laughs> <laughs> I sold that
1: movie as a dance movie. They wouldn't make a black college movie. They wouldn't make Stomp the Yard as it is. I sold it as a sequel to You Got Served. I sold it as You Got Served 2 because nobody wanted to make my stepping movie. Uh huh. But, but Sony, who ultimately greenlit it, mm-hmm. they had... Uh, made a lot of money on You Got Served, which was a dance movie starring B2K.
0: Yeah, I remember that one.
1: Uh, Yeah, the group at the time, uh, R&B dance group. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, what if one of the B2K boys ended up leaving LA and they went across country and went to uh, this this, uh, college where there's another dance crew and he's got to meet up with that dance crew. He infuses his style of dance with their style of dance and then they do a dance battle. And he was like, oh, okay, all right, now you're talking. Let's talk about that kind of movie. And I turned that in to stomp the yard. In the back of your brain, you're going, they don't even know what's coming. I said, I got them. I got, I just, you just got to get in the door, man. You just got to get in the door. That's the thing. You got to do whatever mm-hmm. it takes to get past those initial barriers. I, it was a barrier for me. At that time, I had only done two movies, you know, two, one through four, and so if it wasn't like a DVD black erotic thriller, they were like, eh, we're not giving it to
0: you. <laughs> so I just needed said, a I'm gonna chance. Have the, I'm going to have a lot of baby oil and a lot of black erotic bodies in <laughs> this would, movie. I
1: <laughs> if I had to, I would have figured it out, you know? I'm a producer. I got to produce. You got to figure it out. So I figured it out. That was the first one. That was my first number one movie.
0: And then what segues into how we met was you were getting ready to do Stomp the Yard 2. Yes. And yes. I'll let you give your version, and I can give my version. I'll give my I'm version. Gonna, I'll give my I'm version tell you that you can truth. counter. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, you go.
1: You go. So no, no, you're going to tell your version. Your version my, has gotten so big now.
0: Well, my road manager, who's still my road manager to this day, Brad. Um, that who, let me tell you, your life is Brad for me, number one, and then Lisa is the second. <laughs> Brad's great. Brad, Brad know, is my guy. I don't know a person on this planet that does not like Brad. Brad is at good all. people. Yeah. He good people. Just, just Alabama, slow-paced, doesn't want nothing. He's like, eh, hey, I'm cool, man, whatever. Is um, Brad still, like, painting houses on the yeah, side? Yeah, yeah, Brad's killing That lets killing me it. know it's because you're not paying Brad enough. That's why. No, I, we're under lockdown. So... <laughs> <laughs> He's been you know, painting houses. He's been painting houses for years. He's good me, at it. I, that's what I'm saying. Well, I had to fire him, and one of the reasons I let him go one time, and I told him, I said, Brad you're a painter, dude. You're one of the most talented guys I know that could just paint a house. And I go, you are so caught up in being on the road with me and, and with that become Perks and Party. And I said, I, when I can pay you, there's a, it tops out at some point. And you, if you want to make more money, you're going to have to do something else. And I, I had to let him go so he could take the painting first and then the road manager stuff second. Because a lot of times I told him, comedy clubs run themselves, Brad. The theater dates, I need you. But the comedy clubs kind of run themselves. If you can make you it fired great,
1: him if not, for his own good. Is that what you're I telling me? I did.
0: Him? I did. That is. And now you know he's got his own painting company. He's flourishing.
1: That's mighty white of you, brother. It's that's whatever that is. that is. That's, that's mighty whatever. white. You let hey. that black man go. Put him into unemployment.
0: But I, I rehired him, and now he's killing <laughs> it on both ends. He, he, nah, he man, does his job on the road, and he's killing it with the house, painting. I'll just put nah, it that I'm way.
1: Sh- I'm sure he needed that. That's that's yeah. good. What up, right. B? Uh,
0: yeah, but he knew somebody—I don't know—an assistant or or something. Somebody was had a had a job on the film that wasn't okay. in, in front of the camera, and we were okay. going to pick her up to just go out to eat or something. So I thought th- I thought this office building was was closed. It was like 10 p.m. at night. I thought nobody was there. So I we knock and buzz, and her name was Kiki. Kiki, yeah, and oh, Kiki, yeah. Kiki's like. I think she was sweeping or something. And I'm imitating. I'm like, oh, stomp the yard! <laughs> and I got these hard bottom shoes, and I'm stomping in the lobby, goofing off, because I know it was stomp the yard, too. And then all of a sudden, I heard your voice. I've never met you before going, who's that white man stomping in my lobby? <laughs> I just went, oh, shit. And Kiki's face went... Motherfucker, you're going to get me fired. And I said, no, 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 I'll talk to him. I literally said, no, I'll talk to him. <laughs> and that was our
1: initial meeting. That That's when, true. Every, every word of that is true. As, as, you know, and that's how we got cool. You didn't get yeah. a role in Stomp the Yard 2. No, I didn't. But, it
0: wasn't, it wasn't a role for me.
1: <laughs> but I was like, this crazy white boy, I got to know him. He's hilarious. And then I think we really, we really well, Did start- I know who you were? Like, was I aware of you as a comedian at that time? Yeah, because that was what, 2009? I like I was.
0: Was that 2009? Um, around there? 2010, Yes, 2009. you're right. Yes. No, 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 no. It would have been
1: 2000, uh, 2008, 2009. Is when I met Heather. I met my wife uh, around that time.
0: Okay. And we're going to get and into that And Shayla. Next. At the same time get on that me- movie? meeting my wife?
1: That was Shayla's first time working for me. I oh, met wow. Shayla. Shayla's my chief of staff, who Gary knows very well. Yeah. And she was an extra in Stomp the Yard 1. Her wow. first time coming to work as my assistant was Stomp the Yard 2. Wow. And I, that's also the year at Essence Festival that I met my wife. So that's how I know it was, it was 09. It was 100% 09.
0: 2009. And, but we really got cool on the Tom Joyner cruise. We went on the, the, the cruise and that's where we started just chopping it up, it's I should vibing. say. Yeah, because yeah. you're having drinks and it's, a uh, you know, everybody's guards yeah. down. Something about yeah. being on a ship in the middle of the ocean, your guard just gets dropped.
1: Listen, shout out to Tom Joyner, man. That was one of the greatest, like, for a while. It, they had a run where it was, like, all the black celebs and Gary um, <laughs> on this amazing cruise ship. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking everybody. Singers, actors, rapper. Like, it was amazing. and And the deal was... You could go on and Tom would bring you on for free, but then you'd have to take pictures with anybody who asked, basically. And so everybody would take, a, take the free trip and we would go on this cruise and go to all these different ports and destinations. And you had all these, like, you know, cool, regular people on and you'd have to take a bunch of pictures and stuff. But it was dope, man. Those were good times.
0: Well, i, I tell you what, that Tom Joyner cruise, uh, I said that's the that's who the media should be following as far as black people. Because the media is quick to cover crimes yeah. and, and, and poverty. But why aren't you covering the flourishing black people that are on this cruise? And I said it on the, on the Tom General Cruise. I go, I go, this is actually the norm for most black people. You know what I mean? But they're yeah. so quick to cover the... The media so quick to cover the bad. And I go, that's... And I get that question a lot when people are like, why am I so comfortable around, around black people? And I go, you guys think I'm like in the projects... And I'm running with guys with guns and stuff. I go, I don't know where you got that, that image of. But those aren't the black people
1: I know. You know where they got it. They got it from media. And by the way, they got it from content. You know, they got it from movies yeah. and TV and film. That's the perception.
0: Yeah, that's true. So you met your wife at Essence. At the Essence Festival. And this is what's which, interesting. If you're a single dude that likes black women, Essence is where you want to go. Period. Except for Will Packer. (laughs) Will wants to go and get, just (laughs) give me the, the, the last, you know, the last one I'm going to be with. He, he wants that one. I didn't, I didn't go looking for it, but
1: I definitely found it there for sure. And you were, I was with Idris, right? I, I was with Driss. Yep. Driss and I, and, and, you know, Idris and I have done, you know, as probably many movies as you and I have together. And, um, Look she she look who's coming in, Gary. She's coming in right at the moment oh, there that she we're talking is. about it. Yeah.
0: There she is. <laughs> Shout out so to her.
1: I was just about to story. say, you know
0: what I love about your wife, Will? She ain't trying yeah. to be in the limelight. She just falls back. And then she just <laughs> uh, nope. bomb rushes the podcast. <laughs> you know, she can't she, you can't hear him. Hey. A
1: little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was just saying, you don't like the limelight. You like to be in the back. Here she comes. What up? What's going on? Hey, <laughs> Heather's here. I'm here. Well, Where yeah. my Shout out.
0: My next project, she Gary, was... is uh, with uh, Denzel Washington <laughs> and Heather. <laughs> and <laughs> Heather, Heather was
1: on the Idris cruise. And, you know, whether she was, you know, looking for Idris or not, we won't worry about it. We don't have to talk about that. Point I'm is, really I got it. it. Take that, Driss. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I met her on a, on a boat cruise at Essence that Idris was hosting, and she was working for Coors Light at the time, and they were the sponsor. And um, it's very, you know, it's uh, it's God. It's fate. Because she was trying to get off the boat. The boat was docked, and it was going to go out, and you had like a certain period of time before you could uh, get off the boat safely before it went out, and it was going to be out on the water for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Idris, Idris, he signed up just to come in and say, hey, take some pictures and get off. Idris was like, Packer, I'm getting off the boat. I did my thing. I'm gone. I looked around. Some of my girls from FAMU, some of like my, my homegirls, I, I, they came with me. I couldn't find them. I was like, damn, I feel bad about leaving them. I was like, Drish, you know what? You go ahead. Before I could get a head out of my mouth, he was gone. He was like, good luck, player. I'm gone. He was like, Packer, are you cool? I was like, Idris, you be... I was like, I'll be all right. He was gone. Heather was there, and her job as the sponsor was just to make sure that the activation went right, everything right. was cool, and then she was getting off the boat. And her girls were slow, too. So by the time she got her girls together, it's like, okay, come on, let's go. And she saw the boat pulling away from the dock. So we both ended up stuck on a riverboat cruise in New Orleans that we did not intend to be on. And we met each other on that, on that boat. And the, and the rest is history. Here the rest is history, baby.
0: Yeah, boo. So who said hi first?
1: Oh, I said hi. No, no, no. She dissed me. She didn't want nothing to
0: do with me. Were
1: you trying to tell her, no, nah, I'm with Idris. I'll do movies with him. <laughs> I, could, I could, Idris was gone. I was just a short black dude on the boat. You know what I'm saying? You she have was on? one of the finest things on the boat. You know I had a hat on. You, a- you know, that's my thing. <laughs> he did. She wasn't thinking about me. She dissed me so hard. I said, okay, I got something for her. So I tried to holler at her at the bar. I tried to just literally, not even holler, I tried to be like, you know, hey, how are you? How you doing? Put on my best smile. She gave me what black women do when they are secretly praying that you don't say another word to them. And it's (laughs) universal. When a black woman, I say, hey, how are you? And she goes, I'm fine. When a black woman, I'm fine. And looks away, she did the look off. When a black woman does that, you know, it's... Like I was like, okay, all right. So she did that to me, but I wasn't gonna give up. I said, you know what? I got so I'm gonna change her life. So I had a drunk friend. Shout out to my guy Norris. He Norris was so
0: drunk.
1: Norris was trash. <laughs> Which listen, here's some player advice for my single guys out there. Right, Ring man. I just needed somebody to break the ice. She was over there with her crew of cute girls. I knew I got shot down at the bar. I knew me trying to go back over there to that crew, I was gonna get shot down. They looked like the we can't wait for them to come over here and try to talk to us <laughs> like that was they was that crew G. Was that right? a Memphis crew? They was all from Memphis. They were. It was, it's yeah. all from Memphis, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, come on now. So they was they was fine in ghetto. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So <laughs> I saw I saw hustle and flow. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I said Norris, go over there. You see that one? I'm I. I'm trying to holler at her. I'm going to change her life. She just don't know it. He said, go talk to her. I said, man, I tried. She she shot me down. He said, you know what? I got it, Packer. Don't worry about it. I got you. Which I knew Norris was going to do. Because Norris at that time was like three shades to the wind. He was gone. Yeah. And so I sent Norris over there and... Just like clockwork, he makes a fool of himself. He did. He goes over to the table of girls. Oh, y'all got to meet my friend. He's insanely famous. He likes you. He, so, of course, the girls was like, your you friend me. can't come over here. Who is your friend? Who are you? They, him up? They ripped him a new one. And so now, G, the stage is set. So he comes back over. He's like, I got you. It's all good. I took care of it for you. I'm like, yeah, I bet you did, bro. So now, of course, I come over with the smile and the charm and a million apologies, ladies. I am so, so sorry. I want to apologize. What can I get for you guys? I don't know. My friend, I don't know what he said. I just want to let you know that he is not representative of me or anybody else. I'm so How are you? What's your name? What's your name? What's your... I I, I I for I, oh. I went around the whole table. I didn't single out Heather, even though that's who I was going after. You know, you got to... You got to play it cool. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if the other girls know you're going after one, they're going to hate. You know what I'm saying? So I had to make it seem like I was just being friendly with everybody. You know what I'm saying? And then here we are. Is that
0: how many more two days in New Orleans later, did you have? How many more days in New Orleans did you have after that boat ride?
1: You, you know what? It was just that day. Uh, oh, uh, uh, That was like, Essence was like two days after mm-hmm. that. But I didn't see her again. That was it. You just got the come, number. Come in here because you're about to get talked about too. I just got the number. That's all I needed, G. So this is this is Zion.
0: Here, come up. Yeah, Zion's in a group chat with my daughter right now, I think. Yeah.
1: G, you in the group chat. I mean, uh, Z, you in a group chat with Gary's daughter, the A&T group, right? Yep.
0: Yeah. It's no, he's he's confirmed. He's going to AT. Yeah. Oh well, we're going. Tell him, yeah. Zion. we going. he's yeah. asking,
1: are you confirmed you're going to AT? Oh yeah, I've already
0: done that. Okay, when did your voice get deep? Second question. <laughs> <laughs> he said when your voice get deep i don't know i don't know who that kid is the design i knew was like, hey what's up gary <laughs> <laughs> this is
1: a and t design he have been practicing that voice all quarantine uh ready? yeah you you a freshman <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> a freshman
0: yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: so yes both of our kids are going to north carolina A T in the fall i mean yeah my daughter be class
0: my daughter and your son, and I will say my, my daughter even said the other day, she was like, yo, everybody likes uh, Zion. Everybody likes him. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, in the group chat and everybody. Talking, and I'm, look at yeah. you. Oh, Thanks. look at you blowing his head up. He didn't know that. Yeah, she upped him up. She goes, yeah, everybody likes him. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Really? Oh, yeah, why do they like him? Yeah, what would yeah. they say? I, I, don't, I didn't get a detail like that. She just said he's a nice guy. Look, look, I gave your son look, a compliment. Let's, let's let it go, did. all right? I don't, I, don't, okay. I
1: don't know if we want too much truth. You know said it was like Zion said
0: he got the weed. Soon as we get on
1: campus. Zion yeah.
0: like, yeah. he and, wants and, yo, the molly. Everybody <laughs> Air, likes his tattoo right on his lower stomach. What? He got tattooed?
1: Zane <laughs> <laughs> Zion down for whatever.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah they're the dope. Group, but but you you told me about it like your daughter's the one that put him in, right? Yeah, she's That's that girl. That out out my,
0: my daughter's the one that I'm telling you, when she gets to North Carolina next year, get ready. She's gonna be in all the marches, all the protests. If you are not with she her politically, right get ready. She's gonna fit right
1: at home. That, That's awesome. perfect. She's gonna really find her voice. She's gonna well, like he likes politics too.
0: So, oh, yeah. she's she's yeah. serious. I, I, I go, leave I leave ask the the her stuff. I don't,
1: I don't think I'll be in the marches. <laughs> he
0: ain't gonna oh, lead yeah. the marches. Just get yeah.
1: behind G's daughter. You right? ain't lying. Yeah, she'll she, make all the noise be, you want. Them chants gonna are coming. She's going to be front line. She's yeah. going be protesting administration.
0: Listen, uh, be careful. Because you are you those, making Those well, rabble rousers, they don't, they don't so always have the best grade. So just let her do that. Just <laughs> stay safe. We always see when the football players pick uh, what college they're going to go to. Are you making him pledge your frat? Are you making Zion pledge? I am not making Zion pledge. So Zion is my
1: second... Son to go to college. My first one, you know, Dom, he went, went to, to Harvard. Harvard. Yeah, he didn't pledge, but Zion is much more like You know, Harvard they do finals clubs. They do, they do. No, I don't know anything about stuff. Harvard. So, what are you talking about? Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you said as you know Harvard. I go no, no, I don't. What you saying?
1: <laughs> they have, they have, they have finals. You watch, you saw, uh, you saw the Social Network. So they yeah. have they, frats aren't as big there. But Zion's going to the teeth of it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I got a daughter at Howard, and she's going to her junior year. Zion's going into his freshman year at A and T. So we'll see. We'll is see. your daughter in a sorority? I, here's what I say about Zion: He can do. He does not have to pledge, but he can't pledge anything but Alpha. That's what I was saying.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Now is your is your daughter in a sorority? My do- no, she's not. She hasn't she hasn't pledged anything. She doesn't. Oh, Okay. No. Now. Uh-uh. How are you guys holding up? Because I know your wife is a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan. Yes, and you guys. are yeah, the diehard yes. Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Yeah. And let me tell you something, Will. You guys getting Tom Brady and then Gronk, it just ain't fair. Listen, brother,
1: let me tell you something. So let me just say for the podcast people, here's what it's like to be a Bucs fan, okay? It's a small market team. And it's a team that is traditionally bad. So what happens is you don't choose the Bucs. You are born into being a Bucks fan. And okay. you were born and raised in St. Pete, right? Born and raised in the Tampa Bay area. St. Pete. Proud mm-hmm. St. Pete boy, which is right there just south of Tampa. It's all the Tampa Bay area. So what happens, if y'all don't get that Cowboys thing, I live with two <laughs> Cowboys fans, G. It's disgusting, man. It's awful. Yes. Listen. Zion, I got a hundred dollars. Let me let me see if you think this is a smart 150. bet, One fifty. One fifty. We got hundred and fifty dollars. That's a lot of money for this dude right here. A
0: mm-hmm.
1: hundred and fifty dollars wow. on sure who money. finishes better this season: the, the
0: Bucks or the Cowboys? Oh, would you take that bet, G? Your quarterback that's
1: is one. one sack away from
0: me. Would you take that? All right. I, I listen. I would never bet against Tom Brady. I'll put it that way. I would never—now, if any other quarterback, I would—I might take the—I'll probably take the Cowboys, but I would okay, never yeah. bet against Tom That's Brady. We're talking
1: about a whole season here. We're not talking about one player. No, I'm
0: talking about a whole season. about one you guys
1: finishing one, the season okay. better than us. This is, this is, this is typical Cowboys I don't know what just happened. No, no, no. What happens <laughs> is what happens with Cowboys fans. People watching this podcast, they know. They're, they're, there is nothing based in reality. There's nothing based in intelligent conversation when it comes to Cowboys fans. Wait, it's just passion. It's just even yeah. talking about your team yeah. until two weeks ago. So here's Thank what you. I was gonna say, Jim. What? what, what, what? <laughs> I'm used to this. You're used to this. When you're a Bucks fan, this is what you get used to. When you're a Bucks fan, you're typically the only Bucks fan that people know, right? So I'm a Bengals fan. Bar. I get it, Will. You yeah, but Cincinnati it. is a bigger market. So Cincinnati, when you're out. You, there's a chance you're gonna see uh, like I know other Bengals fans. You're not the only Bengals
0: fan I know. Name How many one Bunk fans, you know. Name one, will. Name one Bengals <laughs> fan, you know. Name one. I don't know. him, well. Okay, That's true. okay. You're the only one I know. Well, you can't. Come okay, right. <laughs> I, and I'm with you. I'm with you. Don't so so me. listen, and I'm with I'm not, Listen, we got to stick together. We are, and, we do, like, but you can't sit here and say like Tampa has uh, a million and a half people and Cincinnati has two million people, so it's a bigger market. No, both it markets. Is,
1: no, okay. no, 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 no. No, 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 Gary. Hold on. Wait, wait. Before we go to the who has it worse, let me just say, all right? Cincinnati, y'all are like, you know, it's it's hardworking people, blue-collar town, people that, like, you know, grow up there, live there, raise their kids Don't there, win. and die there. Yeah. They die, right? So you yeah. got a fan base that has been there forever, yeah. for years, True. okay? I've been to your stadium. I went, I kicked it. You hosted me. I've been to Paul, Paul Brown, right? Paul Brown mm-hmm. Stadium? Yep. Yeah. I've been there. Listen, Tampa Bay... Every game. Listen, we're in Florida. It's hot. It's all transplants. Every game is a road game. Every game. The other team always has more people than us because when the Bears, the Packers, the Bengals, whoever comes to town, all those fans who are there, they all go. We're not going because it's too hot. Our Mm -hmm. team sucks. You know what I'm saying? Our fan base is like transplants. It's not the same. So Not, not next two years. Listen, Watch. listen, listen. When I tell you that the, the waiting list for season tickets, when I was on a Zoom call, like we're all on these days, and all of a sudden my phone started blowing the F up. It was crazy. I was one of it them. Was, I was like, what, what is happening? You hit me? I, I'm the only Bucks fan, especially like in Hollywood, but I'm really the only Bucks fan most of my, my friends know. My phone started exploding when the, when the Brady news broke. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was on, like, a serious call. I couldn't jump in right then. Brother, let me tell you something. Then when Gronk happened? So here's the deal. It doesn't matter. Like, I love talking trash with these folks and other folks. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens this season. We're relevant. We're relevant. You got to understand, we won. Like, no
0: matter what,
1: For, the, people... for y'all are relevant for the first time in, like...
0: Ever. We And we've had this conversation... The difference between you and me, which you have an advantage of Buccaneers over Bengals, is you were alive and, a, and, a, and, a, and an adult when the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl.
1: Listen, and didn't you tell Gary, me you went
0: down to San Diego just to hang out. Yeah, I, dude, I didn't I didn't have tickets. Let me tell you, just true
1: story. This is how I, I I'm such a big Bucks fan. Okay. So I I grew up there. I was raised there, right? So the Bucks started in 77. I was born in 74. So my dad introduced me to the Bucks. There was... The, y'all can leave this part. Yeah, here. okay, yeah. I'm good. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> Thanks. guys. Thank it's you. We're gonna be guys. separated by we'll the right end of this I'll podcast. <laughs> so has gotten boring. I'll call you. Call you later. All right. Good <laughs> luck, guys. All right. You know, yeah. see ya. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then, I have to let the light skinned members of the family oh, go oh, drink wait, water on, and stuff. Man, that motherfucker wild.
0: Bucking is about to blow the Cowboys. <laughs> 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 the fuck she talking about, motherfucker? Cowboys. I'm just kidding. Exactly. <laughs>
1: When we, so the Bucks had never been able to get past the Eagles. That was our, you know, the bane of our existence, right? If you're watching like the last dance, they could never get past the Pistons. We couldn't get past the Eagles. I had a speech the day that we played in the NFC championship game, John Gruden's first year. We gave away all our picks to get John Gruden. John Gruden's our coach. We play. The Eagles. We had already lost to them earlier that year in Philadelphia. We had to go back to Philadelphia. We could never win a game below 32 degrees. That was our thing. Whenever it was cold, we couldn't win. I had a speech at USF, never forget. It was for a student group, like a black student organization on campus. And I was like, y'all, this, the speech is at the same, uh, as the beginning of the, the freaking NFC Championship. Like everybody, and it's in Tampa, USF is in Tampa. And I said, you know, can we move it? Can we change it? We're like, there's nothing we can do. You know, because they had booked it like six months ago. They'd asked me to do it. I wasn't like big enough to like, you know, force them to really change it. And they had only like, they had like the room I was speaking in like during that time. So I gave a speech. Here's how bad it is, Gary. Tampa is literally like 30 minutes max from St. Pete, right? You just got to drive over the bridge. I got a hotel room next to the USF campus so that I could finish my speech and go immediately to the hotel room because I didn't want to miss another second of the game. I might have missed, like, the first series, maybe, but as soon as I left that speech, I went broke. Now, I didn't have money at this time. I went and got a hotel room, like a Holiday Inn or something, so I could watch the game, watch the NFC Championship game because this was our chance. We beat the Eagles. Rondé Barber intercepts Donovan McNabb, runs it back Mm -hmm. the other way. We're going to the Super Bowl. I immediately buy tickets to... The Super Bowl was in San Diego. Mm -hmm. I could not afford tickets to San Diego. The tickets were crazy. It was us versus the Raiders. I couldn't afford it. I got a ticket to Long Beach. Okay, I just bought it right then. I fly to Long Beach. I rent a little shitty rental car, and I drive from Long Beach to San Diego just so I could be in the city. I didn't have one ticket to the game, press pass, nothing, nothing. I got a room at a Motel 6 on the outskirts of San Diego. That was the only thing that was left. I just needed to be near it. I go into San Diego, into the Gaslamp District, their big, you know, social and party district down there. During the day, Oakland is right up the street from San Diego. It's just Northern California. It's in California. So all the Raiders fans had driven down there. So there was, like, for every, you know, every one Bucks fans, there was 75 Raiders fans. And, you know, Raiders fans are, like, proudly disgusting. so Yeah. I'm catching it all day in the gas lamp. And I'm like, yo, why did I even come here? Like, I I can't get in the game. I'm taking shit from all the Raiders fans, but it didn't matter because my team finally made it to the Super Bowl. I was there. It's time for the game. So now the gas lamp starts to to disappear, you know, starts to disperse because everybody's going to the game. They got tickets. So now game time's getting close. I'm like, well. Might as well get back to the Motel 6. Time to watch the game. I get in my little, my little shitty rental car, drive to the Motel 6, watch the game in the hotel. I watched the Bucks NFC Championship game and the Bucks Super Bowl, two of the greatest games in the history of the franchise in motels, Those just so I wouldn't miss a snap. Games. Not one. Those are the two greatest games. The two greatest games in the history of our franchise. I watched it in Motel 6 on the outskirts of San Diego. When we won, I drive back. Back into the Gaslamp District and drank and partied all night with nothing but Bucks fans. Those Raiders fans disappeared. They're like roaches. They were gone. It was like Buccaneer Central in the Gaslamp District. I tell you, G, and this is why I want you to never give up and never give up faith. I don't know if you'll see a Super Bowl in your lifetime. Oh, we're going to see one. We got Burrow now. Well, (laughs) we're about to talk about that, but... The point is, my one victory, it keeps me it keeps me warm at night, brother. I'm telling you. I look at I look at the Cowboys, like honestly, like they haven't had one in, you know, relevant recent history. You know what I'm saying? They don't yeah. know what it's like. So I actually got one, dude. I got a Super Bowl. So do you're an get adult now, too. That's the thing. Like you were dude, of an age. But I you just... know what's crazy? Like now, now I can get tickets to the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? I've been to like literally six Super Bowls, I think. And they've all been Brady. And nobody has rooted against Tom Brady more than me. Like, I mean, hard. I always root against Tom Brady. I'm with you. I was there when the Giants, you know, ruined the perfect season in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Um, So, anyway, I've been like six Super Bowls. But they've all—I've been—during the Brady era is when I came of, like, you know, stature and, like, you know, I got connections and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I can get in the game. So, it would be nice. So, now, the hated enemy is on our team. And we're relevant. People are talking about us. I don't care. It feels amazing, dude.
0: The only thing I can can compare it to is, for me, in my lifetime, is when the the Cincinnati Reds got Ken Griffey Jr. And I just went, oh, hopefully your outcome is better, because we didn't get a title with him. But just the the excitement in the city, and if you're a Reds fan, I said, it's got to what it's got to feel like to be a Buccaneers fan right now. Dude,
1: I, I live in Atlanta, as you know. I live in Atlanta. I'm back and forth between Atlanta and L.A. I live in both, right? Atlanta, L.A.? Gary Sheffield and I, who's who's my guy, we've gone in on a suite. So I got a suite at Bucks games. I plan to make every Bucks home game this season. I got to fly into Tampa every home game this season. That's how serious. I'm going preseason everything, dude.
0: I'll tell because you this this as an adult it, male, you never know. You know? Yeah, I'll tell you this: how serious a fan you are. When we shot Ride Along, we was I was one of the days it was a Sunday. And you had your iPad out watching the Bucks game, I felt like you didn't know what the scene was. <laughs> that, that <laughs> I remember the director valid. going, Gary, do that again. Okay, well, what'd you think? It's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, take your That's clothes before running on. on. Dude, this scene's easy. I'm a, uh, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge Jameis Winston fan too. I gotta give a shout to him. I, yeah, I, think I hope he does all right somewhere. I hope he does gonna, okay somewhere. Watch, watch. Mark my words, Jameis Winston, his best days are ahead of him. He's going to have a bang-up career here. I mean, it, it's, if you get rid of him, like, you get Tom Brady, so you can understand. Like, at least you get Tom. Like, if we got anybody else, I'd be like, come on, guys. You know what I'm saying? But Jameis is still, I'm telling you, he's got something. He's going to knock off the interceptions. He's going to mature as a quarterback, and I believe him. Well, I know you got to go, Joe but... Burrow, do you believe in Burrow? Just before we—do you believe in Burrow?
0: Oh, what yeah. Everybody I've talked to, I believe him. He's a, he's a coach's son. Like I said, he's in love with the game, not the fame. And I wish huge. you could have kept
1: Dalton. I know you couldn't, but not nah, too make much sense, money.
0: But too much money. He, he's um, gonna go over to the Patriots and win, or, or Jacksonville because the offensive coordinator's over there, Jay Gruden. But uh, before I let you go, uh, yeah, baby. One thing: um, is there an actor or director that you haven't worked with yet that you want to? Will Will Smith. You haven't worked with Will Smith. What about a director? Will, will. Is there a director that you haven't? Cause you 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 lose you like um I noticed you like people you're comfortable with because uh as you should, but I mean you use uh, you know, Tim a few Tim times, Story, Malcolm a few times.
1: Malcolm Lee, yep. I mean, I've 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 branched out and done some others. Um I'm, I'm so collaborative when it comes to um to the art that I would be open. I mean, listen, the greats, you know, you know, I've met you know, some of the really, you know, Scorsese, Spike, um, you know, um, I don't think I've ever met Tarantino. But I I it's more about, like, the project. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. if there was a really cool project that had a cool director attached, I, Christopher Nolan, I think it'd be cool just to kind of see his process up close. But I'm more... Like a fan of their work than it is, I'm really trying to work with them per se. I wouldn't be opposed to it at all, but um, I don't have to. It's not like I'm like, oh, if I don't work with this particular director, eh, I'm cool. Like, I like the directors I work with, I like to find the right director for the right project, you know. Um, and then I can just enjoy their stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, one, one, one more football thing before we go, okay, you're, you're, your, you guys, this year in your division, the six wins. Yep, the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, six wins over under. Ooh,
0: I say you're right on the nose. I think it is yeah. six wins this year. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be growing pains, obviously, because Burrow is, uh, you know, he's got to get up with the speed, got to get to know who the the defensive backs are, and but I think he's his dad's a coach. He's wired like a coach. And I think it's going to click about halfway through the season. And we're going to probably lose some games we shouldn't lose, but we're going to beat somebody on that second half of the season that, uh, that we shouldn't beat. And and, uh, then we, uh, played a cow- and we played the Cowboys. It could be Dallas. Are you really? <laughs>
1: we got I the got your back on that game. Yeah, we- it's fun to hate the Cowboys. Do you think you, uh, you end up higher than the uh, Browns?
0: Uh... That's tough to say. The, the Browns season is all the first it's half. It's
1: hard to know what the Browns are.
0: Well, yeah. here's the thing. If the Browns win early, they could get on a roll. If they lose early, they could implode. I don't think there's a I don't think there's a middle ground with them. I don't think they turn it on halfway through the year. I think the yeah. first two months, first first six weeks, if they're two and four or one and five, they're not the team that's gonna run off eight, nine in a row. Now if they're four and two, they could end up being twelve and four, right? That's how I see them. But it's just so tough. I think Pittsburgh's going to take a huge dip this year. I really, think. even with yeah. Ben back.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I heard know. a Cincinnati um, sports guy on the radio say, "You know, we're just trying to, um, we're just trying to be a, a winning team." And and that may be true in the short term, but the way he was saying it was like just like as a franchise, and I was like. That ain't true. Y'all could have kept Marvin for that, you know what I mean? Like, y'all were winning, you know what I mean? Y'all were a winning team. You can't, like, if Joe Burrow doesn't take you to the the Super Bowl, I mean, like, back end of the playoffs, I'm talking, like, championship games, multiple times, Super Bowl, if he doesn't do that, you know, y'all were a very consistently good team. You got to have aspirations beyond that.
0: Oh, I I got, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but I drink the Kool-Aid every year. But Burrow... I'm definitely drinking the Kool-Aid because, like I said, he he is a quarterback. That's all he is is a quarterback.
1: Nothing I mean, else. You don't you don't worry about the fact that his trajectory has been so steep recently. Like, you 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 wouldn't have even considered Tua because you know Joe Joe is definitely trending in the right direction. But it's not mm-hmm. like he had an amazing college career. He had an amazing season.
0: He had an amazing season with uh, I think it goes back to his offensive coordinator. The, which is named Brady, uh, he he met with them, said, these are your strengths, and he fit into it. And I think our new coach is doing that, because he's already contacted LSU to say, and Joe said, what was your favorite plays at LSU? Because he wants to make sure he's comfortable in this offense. That's smart.
1: That's smart.
0: It's very that's smart. What King, that's what Kingsbury did, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Listen, I'm
1: pulling for you. I'm, I'm Listen, I, you and I went to a game uh, in Tampa in... Uh, 2014. Deshaun Goldston was um, was uh, playing for them at the time. He had just come over from like San Francisco, and he invited us into his box. So Deshaun uh, Goldston's wife or girlfriend is Kevin Hart's stylist. So just so you guys all know, like it's a small world, right? So I invite Gary. It was of course Bucks playing in Bengals. I invite Gary. Gary was was trying not to be disrespectful in this man's box. He's in with his mother. the box of the player with his mother, other family, men, with his family. Gary and the Bengals won that day. Gary had his towel and his jersey. And so anytime they would make a play, you see Gary going, yes, yes. yes. I was like, you son of a bitch. Why did I bring you?
0: Uh. Listen, man, nobody's going to ever say I'm not a diehard. I'm with them. You're diehard, baby. Two and 14 or 14 and two, I'm with them. And you know me that too, from... Me bro. So I know. I, that's why I say I love you, fans... You and both. ...that are yep. diehard. And the, no and the fact... And you know me for, what, 11 years now. It's never wavered. It's like, no, I'm from Cincinnati, and everybody goes, Bengals? I'm like, yes, Bengals. And do you know, we don't, right before you came on... We don't play this well, year, right? No, we don't play this year. Every four years. So we'll play in two years in Tampa. So right when Brady leaves. Right when Brady leaves. <laughs> yeah. Damn it.
1: Damn it, man. That's all right. I'm 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 all in. I'm drinking a coolie. This I've seen this story before. Dungey got us there, got us there, got us there. Couldn't get us over the hump. We've freaking mortgaged everything in the future to bring in Gruden. We got over the hump. That's what's happening now, dude. We're a good team. We're a better team. Oh, you guys than are really good make. last
0: year.
1: I'm telling you, we just, you know, uh, you know, my guy, he had some, yeah, it's not all his fault, but he, we definitely gave away some games. We were in every game. You know, I'm like you, dude. I don't miss a snap of my team. So I, I yeah. watch every snap. Even if I got to go back and watch it, I watch every snap. And the Saints games, we were never really in the two Saints games. Other than that, we were in every game. San Francisco, Seattle, everybody. Bring in now Brady and now Gronk. If, if Gronk's knees are anything like, you know, just a, a shadow of what they once were, I could Ooh. see it happening, bro. I can see it. Evans, I'm going to be there. God, and
0: you, got, you a got a seat.
1: I'm telling you now, you got a seat in my box at the at the Bucks uh, this year.
0: Appreciate, it. dude. This you is my him. year. This is my year for uh, for football hookups because right before you came on, I just said Zach Taylor just reached out to me. And, oh yeah, because I I roasted the Dolphins back in 2015, and he was the quarterback's coach. So I went into training camp and roasted them And last year he said uh he he tried to do a roast and it didn't work out. The comic didn't get it. <laughs> Can't tell jokes. You got to roast. Yeah. And uh, he said, and TJ Huspinzada got on the phone with Zach and was like, "Yo, you know Gary Owen is like the biggest Bengals fan." And he looked me up and was like, "Holy shit, that's the dude that roasted the Dolphins." And took it a step further, emailed Lisa. And I get on the phone with him. This is just two days ago. We talked for like thirty minutes just about life. And he's like, "Call me, dude. I want to make sure your presence is felt." I want to make sure the guys get to know you, want anything at the stadium, come to a game. I'm like this. Dude, where were you the last 15 years? <laughs>
1: where were you're, you? <laughs> you're finally getting the love you deserve from your team, baby. Oh, I like my God. it. You've earned it, sir. You've earned it. Yes, sir. It.
0: Well, look, well, what what uh what projects you got coming up next we can look out for? Um, you know I got a new
1: project called Quibi. You heard of Quibi? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's this new service, you know, Quibi. So I got a um I, a doc that I made with Chris Paul, so it's on the athlete thing. Chris Paul and I produced a documentary that is about the time period after the Donald Sterling tapes were leaked, when he came oh, out wow. with those racist tapes. Between that time and that first playoff game when the players had to decide, are we going to play? And, yeah. you know, we play for an owner, whatever. And so I got Chris Paul, Doc Rivers, um, Stephen A. I got um, I got Adam Silver. I got a bunch of folks. And so that's dropping in a couple of weeks. Um, and then I got a bunch of projects that are ready to shoot when we're back open. So we will see, you know, but uh, I'm, I'm busy, brother. You know me. I'm, I'm keeping it going.
0: I ask all my actors and, um, and producer friends and everything. I always ask them what I ask you, whoever you worked with. And what I hope is this becomes the podcast that speaks it into existence. Like Michael Ealy had said uh, Steve McQueen was the director he wanted to work with. Now, you said Will Smith, so I'm hoping this is the, this is the podcast that people come on and be like, damn, you better yep. speak it. You better Listen. speak it. Come yeah, so right. on. Get I'm some. Hoping, come on to get some and get some, baby. Yeah, I hope we see I Am Legend 2, produced by Will Packer. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, <Garrett, laughs> he, he, you know it. Never <laughs> mind. Will, is
1: <laughs> Will got bit. Gary, <laughs> did you see the first one? It was, <laughs>
0: whatever. Never <I> mind. Anything <laughs> can happen. It's Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) He just blew up. You don't know if he really died. He blew up.